Welcome to day 312 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul Camp here with Cindy and with David. And uh, we continue our journey through the Gospel of John. We found ourselves in the middle of uh, John chapter 6, which is one of the longer chapters, uh, not only in the Gospel of John, but also uh, in the New Testament You know, as a whole. There are 71 verses uh, in total. So we had to find a stopping place, and we had to find a stopping place somewhere near the middle, and that stopping place puts us right in the middle of a conversation. Of course, Jesus has fed a crowd uh, on a few, you know, a few pieces of bread and a few loaves of fish, and there have been 12 baskets left over, and the crowd not only sees what Jesus is doing, but they make a connection with what Moses had done for the children of Israel, mm-hmm. and, and they kind of want to force Jesus into being the kind of king they want him to be. Uh, they, they, they see the possibilities of a kingdom, but they're looking for a completely different kind of kingdom than the one that Jesus is bringing. And, of course, they're seeing a Savior who can meet their physical needs. Jesus wants to talk about their deep spiritual needs. And so we find him in the middle of a conversation before we pick up on where we left off yesterday. Let's offer ourselves in this uh, a moment to the Lord. Cindy, you mind lifting us up? No. Father, we thank you for this time in your word. We thank you for um, the Gospel of John. We thank you for the words of Jesus. And we would just ask, Father, that as we read this even now, that you would, by your Spirit, take these things and drive them deep into our hearts, that we would fall more deeply in love with you and with Jesus, who is our Savior. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. We pick up our reading in verse 34. It's part of a larger conversation you know, that's been taking place. In verse 32, Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it was my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Here we pick up for today. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty again. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I'll never drive away. For I've come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, and I shall lose none of those that he has given me, but raise him up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. But this the Jews there began to grumble about him, because he said, I am the bread of life that came down from heaven. It is not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know. How can he now say, I came down from heaven? Stop grumbling among yourselves, Jesus answered. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up in the last day. It is written in the prophets, they will be taught by God. Everyone who has heard the Father and learned from him comes to me. No one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the Father. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the men in the wilderness that they died, but there is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Then the Jews begin to argue sharply among themselves, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. 
Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them, just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father. So the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. He said this while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. On hearing it, many of his disciples said, This is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, Does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray them. He went on to say, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled him. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Do you want to leave too? Jesus said to the twelve. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. Then Jesus replied, Have I not chosen you, the twelve, yet one of you is a devil? He met Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, who, though one of the twelve, was later to betray him. Uh, chapter 6 you know, is, uh, is, a, is a dark chapter because many are rejecting Jesus. As a matter of fact, you see in verse 666, from that time on, many of his you know, disciples left him. And by disciples, those who were you know, clinging to his teaching and followed him so far, but the teaching of partaking of Jesus' body and of Jesus' blood you know, to them was you know, going just a little bit too far. And it is, mm-hmm. it is a well-fashioned offensive statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole thought of drinking you know, blood for you know, someone who had been raised Jewish was absolute taboo. In other words, God had commanded them to be very careful in the handling of blood and not to eat of the blood or to drink of the blood of the sacrifice, but to carefully you know, dash it on the altar as a sign of a atonement. And, and for Jesus to use that image was just one of the most shocking things he could possibly have said. There is you know, some background for partaking in the sacrifice. Uh, in other words, whenever you brought a fellowship offering, a thanks offering, uh, not only would the priest partake of the sacrifice, but you would partake of the sacrifice. And in partaking the sacri- sacrifice, you were participating in a very visible bodily way in Thanksgiving. So Paul would say to the Corinthians, don't do this, you know, pagan sacrifices. Don't go and eat from that altar because you are participating in the sacrifice of the altar or you're participating even in the worship of demons as you you do that but it is a hard and it is a very strong say, you know saying and mm-hmm. it comes down you know just to to the point unless you partake of me the life that comes from me the life that only i can give y- you will no way know the father who sent me and you gotta love how the disciples kind of begin to recognize this when he asked them does this offend you and do you want to leave me too and then simon peter answers lord to to whom shall we go you have the words of eternal life that we see here in Christ that it's found in, in no other man, no other mm-hmm. figure in that age or even today. Um, only within um, Christ do we find the words of eternal life. Mm-hmm. And we have come to believe and, and to know. Mm-hmm. And what a uh, what a beautiful statement. You know, mm-hmm. belief is how we, we, we come into a relationship with Christ, but it results in us knowing him. Or, or Paul would correct me quickly in saying, or being known by him, rather. 
uh, but it brings us into an intimate you know relationship you know with him and of course you know Simon is saying gosh I, I we, we may not understand what you're saying about this drinking your blood and eating your body and some of the harder sayings I mean, we we're not always getting it but one thing we do get we know who you are and uh, you are the holy one of god you're the one through whom god is fulfilling his purposes and it is a a, a nice a nice movement and of course you have a couple of times in this you know in this, this section where it talks about jesus being the life of the world and giving life to the world which is a big theme in john not only is he the messiah the holy one of god for the people of israel but he is uh the holy one of god for the solution of everyone who would come to him mm-hmm. and everyone uh, who would look to him and everyone that would partake of him and of course these images are a little easier for us because we we celebrate yeah. communion mm-hmm. where we talk about partaking of the body mm-hmm. and the blood of christ but this is long before he is initiated you know that and 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 you can just understand you know the shock of what he's the shock of what he's saying and i like how he tries to make that correlation obviously to the old testament when he brings up the manna of course that was god's provision of food or bread you know during that time in the wilderness just as now he is the bread of life which is god's provision for us for eternal life but you the connector he always is connecting something for them to um, you know of course he tells the disciples you know in 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 luke uh that everything in the prophets and the writings and, and and the uh, uh, the wisdom literature all point to him, mm-hmm. and, and of course the manna, you know, pointed to him as as God's provision to sustain God's people in, in their need. Mm-hmm. And, and of course he's he's talking about a far deeper need here, mm-hmm. the deeper need that we have, not just for physical bread and for you know physical you know food and for uh, you know the little things you know that go on in our life, but uh, uh, the far deeper need to to find you know true fulfillment and true. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, satisfaction in him. Yeah, I love how he phrases that, that he's the, the true manna. And in verse 35, mm-hmm. whoever right. comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Mm-hmm. Um, what a wonderful mm-hmm. offering that Christ gives us, not just to care for kind of our physical needs, which oftentimes I think we rely on Jesus for those things or want him to take care of kind of the, mm-hmm. the more physical exterior aspects of our lives to give us a good, safe existence. But he's come not just to do that, but to give us something so much more richer, so much more soul-satisfying and offering, you know, himself to us mm-hmm. as the true bread and in which we will never have to thirst or hunger again. And, and of course, it's not that he's not interested in those things, but mm-hmm. he, has, he has given us so much more than if we only look to him for those things and we, we never look past that and see the far greater things that he's talked about and he's he's made this comparison you know a couple of instances this these things that you're your most your heart's most set on are things that you'll you'll eat and and then you'll be hungry again you'll drink and you'll be mm-hmm. thirsty again and the deeper things that i have to offer you go to your deeper hunger your deeper thirst and if you partake of those things you'll never be hungry and never be thirsty mm-hmm. you know again and it reminds us, you know, of the, the beatitude, you know, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, mm-hmm. for they they will be satisfied. Those are the ones who are truly satisfied that look to Jesus for the far greater gifts that he gives. We love his common graces, mm-hmm. and, and we love his ever-present help in, in time of need, mm-hmm. uh, but we love him far more deeply for how 
significantly he works in our hearts and lives to restore us into a relationship with the Heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. And I remember this chapter really frustrating me so many years ago as I mm-hmm. began kind of reading about, you know, well, in verse 37, whoever comes to me, um, I will never drive away. And then reading a little further down, well, actually, no, verse 44, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them. And, and I come from much more of a kind of religious performative background. And so this whole idea that Christ or the Father wouldn't want me because of all the good things I've done for him and and for the church or for my youth group at the time, you know, and realizing it's, it's yeah. none of that. As mm-hmm. he says later, you know, the, the flesh counts for nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we see that the, the reason we're being drawn in is, is not from what we've done, but obviously for what Christ has done and, and then the Father's grace mm-hmm. in our life. No, the reason <coughs> the reason we come, you know, come to the Father is the work of the Father in us. He, uh, he gives us both the desire and the ability to respond to the claims of Christ and the mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus has used beautifully, you know, the, the prophet's words that everyone will be taught by God. And those who are who are taught by God, who have genuinely been taught by God, will come to Christ Jesus and find life in him. And, of course, once they have come to Christ Jesus, he will by no means, you know, drive them away. And, and so you have, you know, in John, you know, the strong sense of God's sovereignty in our salvation, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, we, we come to him. Uh, not because we're smarter, not because we're better, not because we figured it out, not because we've got great theology, not because we belong to a certain group or anything. We come to him by sheer act of grace, and which was illustrated, you know, in, in the man at the pool. Jesus just sought him out and said, "Do you want to be healed? And you're well. Get up and 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 walk." And of course, that's a a picture of our our salvation. And of course, it's disconcerting to many that our salvation is a work of God from beginning to end. But it is a real source of comfort because if it were our works that commended us to God, if it were our works that enabled us to come to God, we would never come to God. We'd never be committed to God, nor would we remain faithful to God apart from his work in us. Mm -hmm. And that's what we mean, that our salvation is by grace from beginning to end. It's all gifted to us. I often think if I had the ability to earn it, I would also have the ability to lose it, <laughs> so well, it's not on me. Even the first part of your premise is, you know, is if I had the ability, you, you do not. You I do not. not. You even and close. I'm so glad I don't. It, it's, uh, even the first part of your premise is, is, is a hope that's far <laughs> too is. far, uh, you know, far too great a hope that we, we could ever do anything exactly. to commend ourselves you know, to God. Mm-hmm. Um, he is graciously working in us, you know, as Paul said, both to will and to act according to his good pleasure. And that's not after we have come to him. That's that's in the very beginning. That's mm-hmm. what enables us mm-hmm. to come into him. Yeah. He works in us to will mm-hmm. and to act on on that will and to come to Christ and to be kept secure in Christ forever. Mm-hmm. And, and you have the mystery, you know, of of uh, you know God's sovereignty and human responsibility, which you know work hand in hand. Uh, they work together, but the the greater work is is God's. The greater purpose is God's, a greater responsibility is God's, and we are deeply you know, grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Cindy, why don't you close us with a word of prayer? Sure. Father, thank you for this time in your word, and thank you for the great hope that you um, have given us through your Son, the true bread of life, the invitation for us to come and to partake, Father, is ours, but we thank you that you've done that work on our behalf. Um, it brings great joy and comfort knowing that you hold all this, Lord. And it's in Christ's name we pray and thank you. Amen. Mm-hmm.